Welcome to Raise the Line with Osmosis.org, seeking solutions with leading experts on how to increase healthcare capacity so people can get the care they need during the COVID-19 crisis and beyond. Hi, I'm Shivaglani, and today on Raise the Line, I'm really happy to be joined by Sarah Miller. Sarah is the Senior Director of the Quality Improvement, or QI, Institute at MedIQ, which is a leading healthcare education company that provides continuing education, quality improvement support, and other services to people who work throughout the healthcare system. She oversees all quality improvement initiatives for MedIQ and is involved in leading the development, execution, and assessment of continuing education initiatives. Her work has resulted in many published manuscripts and presentations, and earlier in her career, she worked for the Muscular Dystrophy Association and Children's National Medical Center. Before we go into the interview, just a side note on the MedIQ osmosis relationship, which is very tight. In many ways, I've considered MedIQ to be like an older brother of osmosis. Uh, the founders, uh, Scott Weber and Jerry Hartung, are close friends and investors and advisors to osmosis and have helped us create the company and the culture that we have at osmosis today. So Sarah, it's a pleasure to have you here with us today. Thank you, Shiv. Happy to be here. So can you first start by telling us a bit about your background and what got you interested in a career within healthcare education? Sure. So I am a basic scientist by trade. And like all basic scientists, I left uh, graduate school and went directly to the lab. I spent many years in the molecular genetics lab at Children's National Medical Center. And though that work was really important, um, it soon became clear to me that working with plastic pipettes and uh, tubes was not going to be my professional passion. So from there, I moved to the Muscular Dystrophy Association where I did patient advocacy, community education, patient education, and had the opportunity to run some clinics and really get inside the walls of a healthcare system and help patients advocate for themselves and help parents advocate for their children and learned a whole lot about what needed to happen in terms of helping healthcare systems improve themselves. And um, from there, moved to continuing education and quality improvement. And I've been at MedIQ for about 12 years now. Sarah, so I know a lot about MedIQ, obviously, but for our audience, do you mind giving them a bit of background about MedIQ and then your role as Senior Director of the Quality Improvement Institute? Sure, Shiv. So MedIQ is a healthcare improvement organization. We are headquartered in Baltimore, Maryland. We're about 100 people big and roughly divided into four divisions, if you will. So a portion of our organization focuses on continuing education for physicians, for nurses, and for pharmacists. A portion of our organization focuses on risk management, focused education to help healthcare systems both understand and mitigate their risks around the delivery of patient care. A piece of our organization is focused on helping healthcare systems do any number of things from evaluate outcomes in education programs to deliver education programs to determine what education programs their clinicians may need. And the fourth part of our organization is the Quality Improvement Institute, and that's where I spend most of my time. And in this portion of the business, we help healthcare systems and actually all areas of healthcare delivery both identify their areas of opportunity and develop programs to address those opportunities and evaluate the impact of those programs. That's quite a few things you all are doing. Do you mind giving us any specific examples of case studies? I know you've worked with Duke and, and the Jaws and Diabetes Research Foundation, but what are some examples of projects you're most proud of? 
We've done a number of programs with healthcare organizations across the country, helping them identify their alignment with hepatitis C guidelines. And so we've worked with uh, several organizations and helped them identify where their primary care audiences aligned with clinical guidelines as they changed, and then helped them integrate programs that would improve both identification and treatment for patients with hepatitis C. This is an area of clinical medicine that has really exploded in the last few years, going from the early days of really not understanding what this disease is to identification in the latish 80s to actually being able to cure it for five years ago. So we've helped organizations move from delivering that care in very specialized settings into the primary care setting where patients can be treated in the environment in which they live and by providers whom they most frequently see. So these have definitely been some uh, tailwinds around value-based care and around care in the home or moving it out of tertiary care settings. COVID has obviously accelerated some of these, and I'd love to hear your take on how MedIQ's responded to COVID, what opportunities and challenges have come across your desk as the head of QI Institute as a result of COVID. So first and foremost, our response to COVID has been that we have worked very hard not to contribute to the noisiness of the environment. Healthcare professionals, healthcare leaders, consumers, everybody truly has been absolutely bombarded with information, with data, and with questions. So we've been very thoughtful in our approach. In the early days of the pandemic, we brought education to healthcare teams that focused on things like best practices around telemedicine programs, clinician wellness programs, um, considerations for providers in senior services, vaccine updates, and emerging data. We also ran some parallel series for consumers, bringing the voice of experts and an opportunity for non-clinicians to ask experts their burning questions. And that series focused on the epidemiology of COVID, uh, the facts around the pandemic, and what were circulating myths about transmission, infection prevention, care for infected individuals, how to protect your families, what is multi-system inflammatory disease, emotional health for children and teens despite the challenges around social distancing and safety considerations for vacations, holidays, and family gatherings. I'll say that the response that we saw to those programs was incredible. We've had more than 400,000 views on those programs and something on the order of 700 comments. So now we're seven months in, we have some of the same unknowns, a whole host of new ones. And so we've expanded that consumer series with a second series that focuses on, again, some of those same issues, but then some new ones that have come up. So things like back to school concerns, what are the long-term health effects of COVID, more on testing and transmission, Considerations for college-age kids. How do we celebrate holidays? We're we're looking at a whole new set of holidays in front of us now. How do we celebrate those in a safe manner? What are our concerns for our older family members? And we're still hopeful and talking about vaccines. I'm also really proud of work that we have done with our parent company, Covaris. In addition to programs in the early days that focused on telemedicine and ethical decision-making in the times of scarce healthcare resources, We just recently, in fact, yesterday, uh, kicked off a collaborative that's bringing together organizations from across the country to evaluate and address disruptions in care that have been the result of or exasperated by the pandemic. And this is a program that's being led by my part of the organization. 
this group of healthcare leaders and frontline teams are coming together to use what we've learned in the past seven months and to really reconsider how we deliver care in the U.S. I'm definitely familiar with the work Coveris has done. We're going to actually have somebody from Coveris on the Raise Line interview as well. You know, one thing I know about MedIQ is you've done a lot of work in continuing medical education, which, as we all know, is required for MDs, DOs, NPs, PAs, and RNs, among other health professionals. I've always wondered, as COVID has virtualized everything and as uh, providers are no longer able to go to in-person conferences to get CME, are they turning to more digital CME solutions like what MedIQ may offer and Medscape and other companies? What are your thoughts on the evolution of CME and how COVID may be contributing to that. Yes, absolutely. Everybody's turning to digital because that's the only medium we have. You know, I, I think there has been a lot of appreciation for digital learning in this time of COVID. I think we also are now balancing a little bit of virtual fatigue, I would say, um, as providers are trying to also treat their patients over virtual media. So we're definitely trying now to strike the right balance. And we are also very much looking at innovative ways to make sure that we can include the networking that is a part of live education and and equally important to the actual delivery of education is the networking that can happen in those media. So I think we've probably just started to scratch the surface in terms of what innovative solutions will look like, but everybody is no doubt excited that we can still continue to educate healthcare teams in this time. We're definitely seeing that online learning bump as well. Obviously, we play in uh, the pre-CME and GME and undergraduate medical education primarily, but certainly it's been a forcing function to move those programs online and figure out other ways to get people to network as well. What are some of the long-term effects you think COVID will have on our healthcare system? Telehealth is certainly one that we've covered a number of times on the podcast as it's here to stay and the CARES Act is cementing that in. But what are some of the other changes you think will be permanent as a result of COVID? So Shiv, how long did you say we had to talk? (laughs) Um, You know, I really think this is a disruptive moment and I hope that it's an opportunity that we really capitalize on. So you're right. There's no doubt that telehealth is here to stay. I think we have learned a lot in the first seven months of this and I hope that we will use those lessons to drive forward the permanent integration of telehealth into our systems of care, if you will. We've also learned a ton about how much work we have to do related to emergency preparedness. But I think we've also learned a lot about the absolute mandate that we have to address the tremendous stress and wellness of our healthcare teams. And that's not just physicians, that's all members of the team. I think we've learned a lot about our need to better integrate with community resources, the realities of structural racism in the delivery of healthcare, the failures of our current approach to mental health and substance use disorder. And then finally, I would say we've also learned a ton about the fragility of our senior care services. And so I hope that we really capitalize on this moment to reconsider how we deliver care. In terms of key steps, I think the discourse that has started is really important, and I think it really needs to be amplified. We really need everyone. We need healthcare leaders, healthcare providers, the support teams, and we need consumers to demand that we don't go back to business as usual whenever we're finally able to put this pandemic behind us. 
those are some really great points to cover. I know we're coming up on time, but I was curious, what messages would you like to get across to our audience about what MedIQ is doing, what makes you most excited about the work you all do, and especially around quality improvement? You have a new young audience of training and early career students and early career professionals. And I would say first and foremost, thank you. This is a super tough moment to be training. Those healthcare professionals are getting a crash course on innovation, which in the world that I live in is really exciting, but also I'm sure incredibly stress-inducing and a crash course on care delivery while trying to learn the fundamentals. My focus is on quality and helping healthcare systems identify and address their opportunities for improvement. But in order to do that, people really need to understand the change model. And we have literally thrown the entire country into that change model. It's both hard and it's constant. And I hope that people use this time to understand the need for that change, to get excited about that change, and to really be passionate leaders in whatever field that they choose. That's some great, you actually preempted my next question, but maybe there's additional (laughs) stuff in there around advice that you would give to this next generation of healthcare workers. Sure. I have a daughter who's in nursing school and I have told her, you know, this is your opportunity to learn to be nimble because really there is no choice right now, but that nimbleness, this spirit of innovation that you're developing while you are training will really make you truly a lifelong learner and somebody who can take that lifelong learning and implement it into your everyday work. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I mean, when I talk about the work and collaborations Osmosis and MedIQ have done together, lifelong learner is definitely the key term because unlike other professions or other fields of education like math or language, lifelong learning in medicine is a result of one, the high stakes nature of it, which is again, why we're both involved with Covaris, because these are real people's lives and really impacts uh, patient safety, patient outcomes, and the physician's careers as an example. And two, it's dynamic, right? Like a year ago today, none of us knew what a coronavirus was. And now it's the only thing all of us talk about. So new drugs, new guidelines and new diseases are coming out. So it's imperative that our healthcare professionals like your daughter, which we thank her for going into the profession, are lifelong learners. And again, the work that MedIQ does in the continuing education space is really important for that. I think if nothing else, this pandemic has shown a light on how important education is and that continuous curiosity and the need to consume information and immediately put it into practice. Totally. Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today and more importantly for the work you do at MedIQ to help health systems improve their quality. Thanks for having me, Shiv. And with that, I'm Shiv Uglani. Thank you to the audience for checking out today's show. And remember to do your part to flatten the curve and raise the line. We're all in this together. For more information on how you can help raise the line and flatten the curve, go to osmosis.org slash COVID-19. If you like this podcast, please share it on your social channels. You can also subscribe to the series and check out all of our podcasts at osmosis.org slash raise the line podcast.